0: to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. On today's program, I want to deal with the absolutely necessary, absolutely one of the most important things you can do in your life right now to survive, to overcome for yourself, your family, and for your nation, whether it's America or some other nation. I want to talk about how to use your mind in in an efficient and effective way how to increase your intelligence and your awareness. Because when you increase your intelligence and awareness, you will be able to understand simply what is going to happen next. I heard uh, a Christian military general, General uh, Flynn, he was talking at a conference and he used a military uh, term that when the military goes into a particular uh, battlefield environment, he said the first thing you need to have, as he was speaking to the crowd from the perspective of being a military general, he said the first thing you have to have is situational awareness. Now, I was unaware of that term, even though I've studied for years uh, things on perception and awareness and that whole spectrum of, of knowledge. But situational awareness is a good term to use to introduce this uh, topic, because if you and I can participate together, partner together, we can pass this knowledge along to other people, especially loved ones, family members, because it's a skill that applies to every single area of life. And it's very important, extremely important, that the evangelical church the bible believing church those who call themselves christians if they're going to survive as a distinct group in our nation and by survive i'm simply talking about if they're going to continue to have the freedom to openly practice their faith to speak about the bible etc without being arrested um, they're going to need to know how to develop basic things like situational awareness because what I liked about what General Flynn said, it was from a military perspective. And the fact of the matter is, you and I are in a spiritual battlefield that is raging in America and across the world. So a military perspective, and I'm talking about a law-abiding, peaceful military perspective, a military perspective acknowledges the fact that we are in an all-out spiritual war. And that's why I titled uh, one of my recent books, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, because we're in it. Okay, this is something long before I heard General Flynn speak that that I have been studying for decades, uh, especially when I majored in Altered States of Consciousness at the University of Missouri, because the military, beginning back then when I was in college, Uh, and actually before, the military was already getting involved with uh, things that many people dismiss as New Age. And sometimes it is New Age, but sometimes it's simply using the science of neuropsychology, applying the science of neuropsychology or psychology. So in the course, my major was Altered States of Consciousness in the psychology department and filmmaking. And one of the things I learned and continued to learn, but actually began learning this when I was in, uh, I guess, uh, 13 years old. I began learning this when I read Alice Huxley's books, Heaven and Hell and the Doors of Perception. What are the Doors of Perception? The Doors of Perception, uh, when Huxley wrote that book, referred to the fact that there are doors that exist in our reality that can be opened and give you perception or access into another world, another realm. You say, okay, that's New Age. In that particular case, Huxley is an example. I would agree with you. It's definitely New Age because what he did is he advocated using the psychedelic drug mescaline and LSD to go through the doors of perception. So as a scientific experiment on my part at around 13, 14 years old, Uh, I had read all of his books, not all of his books, but I had read Brave New World, Heaven and Hell and the Doors of Perception. And I wanted to conduct a personal scientific experiment because my my goal in life back then was to be a scientist. So I got my hands on some pharmaceutical grade mescaline. I took a, a small dose, which they would call in Silicon Valley today, microdosing, but it was more than a microdose. It it, it packed a little bit more punch than microdosing. And um, I took notes and stuff, and I tried to see if indeed what Huxley claimed was true, that mescaline would allow me to travel through the doors of perception and see a, a higher reality of consciousness. It didn't, by the way, just so you know. It introduced me to a different world, a a spiritual world, in which there were uh, demons and uh, other, uh, I would say, having a Judeo-Christian worldview, demons and other evil cre- creatures. And that's why uh, I warn people very strongly about not using psychedelic drugs like uh, LSD and mescaline or whatever, even if you think you're just microdosing, because how do you know that the mescaline or LSD that you have, how do you know for sure that it's really a microdose? How do you know that somebody, trying to play a trick or whatever, isn't uh, macro-dosing you, giving you a far larger dose of the psychedelic drug than normal? And this happens all the time. Uh, So somebody thinks they're microdosing, and the next thing they know, they're having an out-of-body experience talking to spirit guides uh, on Neptune. I mean, crazier things have happened to people on psychedelic drugs. By the way, I deal with this to a measured degree in my brand new book, Power from on High, uh, because in my travels to find the meaning to life and to find God, etc., there was a long period of time where I scientifically experimented with psychedelic drugs after studying intensely uh, works and books and lectures by people like Dr. John C. Lilly, Dr. Timothy Leary, uh, Aldous Huxley, uh, Ken Kesey of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And I experimented with these things. And most of the experiments, I'd have to say, were negative. But in my spiritual deception, I I thought I was doing the right thing. That's what deception is. You think you're doing the right thing, but you're actually on your way to hell, but you don't know it. I'm just just being blunt here. So um, what I had learned from Hinduism and Buddhism and and practicing those Eastern mystical religions, the basic tenet is you you work off your karma here on Earth. And to the degree you live a good life, uh, you get to reincarnate as a higher-level creature. But if you uh, lead a bad life, uh, you develop bad karma. Karma is simply an Eastern mystical reference to the biblical law of sowing and reaping. But the Hindu version of karma has add-ons that are totally not biblical, like uh, reincarnation. Reincarnation is a falsehood. It's a total deception. And if you're a Christian, you need to take the time to read your Bible and understand that reincarnation is definitely a demonic deception. The Bible says it is appointed for a man or a woman to be born once, then you die, and after that comes the judgment. So it's one lifetime, then there's the judgment of whether or not you get into heaven, based on whether or not your name is written in the book of life. And there's no, you know, you don't come back as a turtle. You don't come back as a GMO, a genetically modified organism. Speaking of which, I don't remember which prince it was. Um, It could have been Prince Charles. I think it was Prince Charles. I'm not sure. I have it it in in my book, uh, which prince. he boasted, and I'm paraphrasing him, but he said he boasted that uh, when I reincarnate, he said, um, I want to come back as uh, a genetic pandemic or I want to come back as a deadly plague. I'm going to be very blunt with you. What kind of sick, sadistic sociopath, even in joking, in light of what's been happening in our world in the last number of years, what kind of sociopath makes a joke that he wants to reincarnate back as a, uh, a plague, the a, a, a DNA of a plague or a pandemic or a deadly disease that would wipe out millions of people? You see, he was tipping his hand that he's into population reduction, reduce the population. So he and his elite buddies thought it was very funny to say that he would reincarnate and come back as a deadly plague or pandemic. I don't think it's funny at all. I think it's sick. And I think it indicates certain things. All right. So I, I studied this field of psychedelics from a scientific standpoint. And I learned about altered states of consciousness. And by the way, all the things that I was studying, I didn't know it at the time, but our military was studying intensively. Our military was deeply involved in all kinds of research into the paranormal, into ESP, into remote viewing, into altered states of consciousness, into psychedelic drugs, into awareness, et cetera, et cetera. So General Flynn says situational awareness. Well, what is that? That means when you're on the battlefield, you immediately go into the mental zone or the mental mode of you like turn the switches on, on your brain. And you, you willfully with, with choice of your will, you, you amplify and activate uh, your consciousness, your awareness, you, you dial up your awareness level. And now because you've dialed up your awareness level, You're able to hear things, see things, make mental analysis based on uh, observations from your senses. You're, you're, You're dialing it all up. So you're noticing the subtleties, the changes, and other things in your battlefield environment that you wouldn't normally notice if you were just you know, walking around like a civilian. Well, if you're going to win on the battlefield and survive, you need to, to develop heightened awareness or situational awareness. That's what keeps you alive. All right, we got some intense stuff to talk about on today's Paul McGuire report. Make sure you send this message far and wide to people who, who need it. Because when you develop this God-given ability. It's not new age, by the way. You can make it new age. (laughs) It's simply using, it's simply choosing to use your God-given mental abilities, mental faculties. It's just simply choosing to activate or enhance your intelligence and perception. That's all it is. So you need to know how to activate that because your survival may depend on it, depend on it, and you need to know what's going to happen in the near future. And I'm telling you, after decades of research, you can develop the ability rather quickly to have at least a a concept, an idea uh, of what's going to happen, like a sketch of what's going to happen in the near future. It may not be 100% accurate, but let's say it's just 35% accurate. Well, that means you're increasing your percentage of making decisions that are going to save your life and your family's life. You're enhancing your percentage of saving your family's life by simply utilizing uh, the mind of Christ that God has given you. So you need to spread this far and wide. If people were practicing the mental discipline of situational awareness or a heightened awareness or whatever you want to call it, if they were practicing that on a regular level, you would increase um, winning in the spiritual war and you would increase your victories and you would increase your prospects for living a blessed life while while you're here on planet Earth. So spread this message far and wide and, and help the people you love. Okay, we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. This is Paul McGuire, and wherever you're listening to me talking anywhere on planet Earth, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. Okay, let's play a simple game, easy game, very easy. You want to develop, you want to increase the power of your perception You want to increase your intelligence, you want to increase your awareness, and you want to increase your mental faculties. All of that is something that the average person can do. You're not a victim in life, even though there are hidden powers, and don't freak out, I'm simply telling you the truth. If you can't handle it, go go listen to some program where you will be dumbed down or, in a more subtle way, They will get you emotionally uh, stirred up regarding something. And after they get you emotionally stirred up, they divert you essentially into meaningless activity. That's not effective. It doesn't change anything. That's what I'm not about that. I'm about helping you because I love Jesus Christ. And because I love Jesus Christ, God has given me a, a different kind of ministry. And don't confuse that with the new age because some bozo confuses it with the new age. I'm not in the new age. I was in the new age for 10 years, but that was many decades ago. And I've written many, many books exposing the new age. And in fact, in my brand new book, Power From on High, which is, which is at the printer right now as we speak, my brand new book, Power From on High, um, among other topics in that book, it will teach you, from me opening up my life to you, it will teach you the difference between New Age and occult deception and uh, biblical truth and a biblical worldview. And that's really needed in, in today's world where you have you know, tens of thousands of pastors embracing critical race theory or critical theory, both of which are have been developed by uh, the Frankfurt School Marxist (parentheses) communist professors who started the Frankfurt School to launch a a revolution, a, a communist revolution in America, but to do it through the culture, to do it through the educational system, and the media, and the church, most importantly. So when you hear about people that are into uh, critical various forms of critical theory, their heart may be in the right place. They may genuine, uh, genuinely want to share the love of God. So their heart may be in the right place, but it's not enough to have your heart in the right place. That has to be balanced with knowledge and an accurate understanding of what is really behind, what is the hidden and secret agenda behind these critical theories. And it's to ignite a full-blown communist revolution, not on behalf of the common people. Communist revolutions were never uh, designed to help the common man or woman of any race. The purpose of communist revolutions is to increase the wealth of the super-capitalist class, the wealthiest people in the world, the super-rich, the super-rich make trillions of dollars whenever they can uh, finance a communist or Marxist revolution. And And you need to remember that and help spread that information because, look, first of all, the vast majority of Christian leaders, unfortunately, and Christian educators, as well as our society as a whole, are completely unaware of what I'm talking about. And as such, they're setting themselves up. To be made slaves in in a very real sense of the word, I was uh, watching a movie on Netflix or something, and it was uh, a, it was based on a true story about a, a woman and her family that were raised in Nazi Germany when Adolf Hitler and the Nazis were taken over, and they were Jewish, and they collected art and they painted art, etc, et etc cetera, et cetera. so some of their artwork became world famous. And while they were still, uh, the Nazis actually broke into their apartment and stole all all their artwork. And then uh, in Austria, the Austrian government for the last, I don't know, four decades, has been claiming that it owns this artwork because there's no other heir to the vast fortune of the artwork. And I think the artwork is, is worth $300 million. I need to double check that but it was worth a lot of money. And you see in this movie the depiction of of what happened in Nazi Germany and every Christian should know that story. You can watch it in a couple of movies. And it, it starts over like rather benign. Everybody thinks the Nazis are going to help the economy and stuff and the next thing you know the Nazis are smashing into apartments and homes and and seizing the Jews and seizing Other people, non-Jews too, and and seizing uh, people who have uh, mental problems or whatever, and they're bringing them into the concentration camps where they're working them to death or flat out killing them through poisonous gas or killing them by burning them alive in ovens. And these concentration camps actually exist. You can visit them today. Tragically, they're a reminder of the fallen nature of man and sin. So the point is, Jews and the non-Jews, when Hitler was taken over, because they'd never dealt with something like this, had no situational awareness, had no accurate awareness of what was actually happening all around them. And whenever somebody tried to tell them what was happening all around them, they would be in an autopilot psychological state of denial, and they would simply say, like a robot, Hypnotized robot, they would say, Oh, that can't happen here. Why? Because up until then, Germany had been relatively an ideal place to live. And Germans were polite, friendly, courteous neighbors for the most part. And the same in Austria. So they couldn't conceive of a nightmare Germany with a nightmare dictator, Adolf Hitler, hauling millions and millions of Jews off to the gas chambers and the ovens, uh, concentration camps, and, and committing mass murder and sadistic, horrifying, you know, psychopathic medical experiments on little babies and stuff. They couldn't conceive of it. So, like hypnotized robots, they just spouted off the words, it can't happen here. Well, the problem was, it was happening there. But they, they continue to cling onto their denial. I have pictures where you see, I don't know, it's probably 300 primarily Jews, Jewish businessmen, standing in an open uh, area in a large concentration camp, standing in rows, wearing suits and having briefcases, and they were all dressed up because they were told they were going to go to a job interview, that they would be employed, which was a total lie. So they were dressed up in a business attire as if they were going to a job interview. But the whole thing was a lie to pacify them. Where they were really going was to a gas chamber So when they were led to the place where they were told they could clean themselves up by taking a shower, as they literally stepped through the door into the giant shower room, the people who had not yet entered the shower room were preparing to enter the shower room, and they thought they were going to get to take a shower. Little did they know that once they got a few feet through the door of the shower room, what was coming out of the shower heads was not steam. It was poisonous gas. And I think you correct me if I'm wrong, the name of the gas was Zyklon B, uh, a poisonous gas which kills people quickly. So their lack of perception, their lack of awareness, coupled with their choosing to walk around in a psychological state of denial, set them up as a people group and as a nation, both Jews and non Jews. They set themselves up to be slaughtered and to be sent unarmed into the concentration camps. Now, the Jews have largely learned from that lesson. They don't say that anymore. It can't happen here. They're on vigilant alert with their perceptions. And they have all kinds of organizations, legal and otherwise, which they finance to defend the rights of Jews or whatever. And they spend billions on this because they're on hyper alert. Conversely, while the Jews have largely learned their lesson and are cognitively on a state of consciousness that we call high alert, um, Christians have adopted the psychological perceptive state of denial or being dumbed down. They, they hear all kinds of reports That are very alarming, very grave, and very serious. But when they hear these reports, Christians simply deny the possibility, even the possibility of their reality. And so they walk around in a hypnotic, like I said, like they walk around like Christians walk around like um, hypnotized robots. You say, well, how do you know they're Christians? Because You can tell that these hypnotized robots are Christians because they have a little fish bumper sticker uh, placed near the chest area of the robot. And that's a bad joke, and it's probably inappropriate satire. But it drives home the point that you can think you're all religious and pleasing God and completely, completely uh, be in in the gravest danger because of denial. And it all comes down to making a root decision or a root choice with an act of your will. And if any individual, but we're talking about Christians right now, if, if Christians actively choose to deny facts and perception around them, actively choose to ignore the dangerous warning signs all around them, that's something they do with an act of their will. It's a choice that they make, a willful choice that they make. And so they have no right to blame God when all hell breaks loose, literally, because they chose to ignore reality. They chose, with an act of their will, to shut out the truth of reality, the truth of their perception, which was warning them of the danger all around them. So they committed a very serious sin. Most Christians don't even know that what I'm talking about is a sin. It's one of the greatest sins. And that is the sin of a lack of awareness is a sin. And you say, I inevitably get asked the stupid question. "Where does it say that in the Bible. It says it all over the Bible. Read the story of Joshua and Caleb, the victory that Joshua and Caleb had over the Nephilim giants in Canaan was all based on the fact that Joshua and Canaan chose to activate their perception in their minds the way that God commanded them to. And so they perceived that the the giants in the land of Canaan, they perceived them as grasshoppers, small grasshoppers. And the perception that they embraced. And I really want you to lay hold of of this truth because you're not going to hear it in probably the vast majority of churches, if any churches. I want you to hold on to this truth for dear life because it will bring you life. And because it's from the Word of God, I want you to hold on to this truth and share it and teach it to your children and others. Joshua and Caleb chose to use their mental faculties and their perception the way God taught them to, because God taught his people both in the Old Testament and the New Testament never to give in to fear, never to give into a spirit of fear. That's talked about repeatedly and at length in the book of Proverbs, and it's talked about throughout the New Testament, not giving in perception-wise to fear. So Joshua and Caleb chose to develop their perception based on biblical faith. And that's what you need to do, and I need to do. And that's why I'm here today on the Paul McGuire Report teaching biblically on this subject the need to develop a biblical faith that activates your perception. Biblical faith in the Word of God and this truth will activate your perception. So their perception was so in the zone of of a, a hyper awareness. And enhanced awareness, enhanced by the Holy Spirit, not an unholy spirit. And so the previous spies from the, the, the army of Israel, they went in to spy out the land of Canaan, and, and they freaked out. They had a nervous breakdown because their perception could only see that the, that the giants were giants and that they were tiny grasshoppers and they were going to be dead meat uh, by these giants. And God was disgusted with these unbelieving uh, of his children, He was disgusted with them, but he praised Joshua and Caleb because they obeyed God and activated biblical perception. They saw the giants as grasshoppers, they saw themselves as giants, and therefore, to a limited degree, to, uh, to a limited degree, they were not God, but they enhanced all kinds of their abilities by activating. By faith, their God-given perception, they saw themselves as giants, and then they began to act as giants in terms of strength, and they saw the enemy as weak uh, insects, and therefore they conquered the land, they conquered the giants, and they conquered the land of Canaan. And God praised Joshua and Caleb to do that. Well, do you think today, in our world today, in our hostile environment today, do you think It's still necessary to teach and search out these powerful truths in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Truths that most people don't even touch. Truths like how to activate your perception. It's in the Bible. In fact, the perception of Joshua and Caleb was so powerful internally through their choosing to put their faith in God's ability to give them wisdom. um, It was so powerful and so activated inside of them that it was it, it spread, and it actually caused the giants to, to, to have changed their perception. And the giants now actually saw themselves as weak, hopeless um, grasshoppers. And they acted like weak and defeated and hopeless grasshoppers. Now, why is it that we live in a world where the fastest-growing religion in America is both atheism And witchcraft. And one of the things they teach people in witchcraft is how to change your or transform your reality, how to reconfigure your reality. That's not uh, something that witches made up or Satan made up. The witches and Satan stole that truth from the Word of God. Because when you read the opening part of the Bible, the biblical account of uh, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they ruled and reigned and exercised authority or dominion or rulership over the Garden of Eden and planet Earth. They were the, they, they ruled and reigned with supernatural authority. Now, if you think God has taken away supernatural authority, as many Christians have, I would say to you politely, you're, you're mistaken. God has never taken away your God-given authority. It's simply that Most Christians don't attempt to use their God-given authority because their minds and their wills are locked into that mental zone that could be called theologically unbelief. Are you with me? So that's why Jesus Christ said knowledge is power. So now here's the game I want to play with you. Let's go back approximately four years in time, okay? And now... What I'm teaching you is something that I practice and I have been practicing on a regular level for decades. It's something that I picked up. I believe the Lord led me to, to, I believe the Lord raised up situations to teach me this truth. And I still use this truth today. It's invaluable in terms of being a writer, a researcher, a Bible teacher, a minister, a communicator it's It's totally valuable to know how to see your reality with increased perception like Joshua and Caleb did so let's let's play a little exercise. Let's go back four years four years ago, the world was a completely different place, America was a different place. but beginning about three years ago or three and a half years ago, if you were aware. If you were awake with your perceptions, if you had activated your perceptive ability by faith, you would have been aware of all the somewhat seemingly subtle changes and transformations that were happening in American society, American culture, American technology, and the world. There were all kinds of clues in terms of of technological and scientific breakthroughs and new products, there were all kinds of clues as to what our future would bring if you simply were aware and using your perception. But tragically, most Christians turn off their perception and, and they allow themselves to be socially engineered and dumbed down. That's not what God wants for you. He wants you to see your reality through heightened perception as taught in the Bible. So, again, I've been doing this my whole life. It it comes easy to me, and once I teach it to you, it will come easy to you, and maybe you already know what I'm talking about. So I, I notice patterns. I notice things that materialize in my physical world, technological world, scientific world, media world, world of reality and the spiritual world, I pay attention to the data flowing into my senses. And I just don't walk around like a stooge. I, I analyze the data or the content that's flowing into my mind through my senses and by using a heightened awareness. That's not new age. That's simply called using your head. Using your head. Okay. So this is, this is the way it works. I forgot how many years ago. I really don't remember how many years ago. Is it 20 years ago? I, I have no idea. But I remember when the first cell phones came out. Well, I, that was a long time ago. Because the first uh, cell phones that I saw operating were car phones. And, and the first uh, of these portable phones looked like a briefcase with a handheld phone. And people in the movie industry executives would drive into the studio lot with their you know show off uh, car phones and the fancy antenna on their car and then the the, the phones evolved into these small things the flip flop type of cell phone that the screen opens and it's a very primitive cell phone with a very primitive like t v type thing then as cell phones continue to evolve uh you can see people. You can talk to people. They can see you. You can record audio and visuals. It's the, the, the amount of stuff that you can do with your cell phone is just mind blowing. So, I, I not only do I pay attention to those developments, I pay attention to the pathway. I pay attention to the flow of those developments and the timing of when these developments appear in our reality. It's most important to pay attention to the timing of things that appear in our reality. I'm talking about stuff that didn't used to be there, and now it's here. Stuff that we used to call science fiction, but now it's real. It's in the real world. So that's one thing that I noticed. Now, approximately, approximately four years ago, seemingly out of the middle of nowhere, there emerged this amazing trend among people where they initially started to buy a few products uh, over the internet and have it delivered to their house or apartment or whatever. And then as time went on, many people are buying the majority of certain products, 90% Of what they buy, they're buying it over the internet and it's being delivered to their doorway, to their house or apartment. And there are some items which that's difficult, so people still go out and and shop at a physical retailer. But most things can be purchased online and delivered to your doorstep. Now, I noticed when that happened, and I believe it started initially about four years ago. We jumped on it because it just, it, living where we live, it, it became important. So I noticed that we were one of the first to do to do that, and then I noticed it became very commonplace. In fact, now, depending where you are, it's like the new normal. The, the, the habit pattern is already set, and people, like, are, the, the new habit is they've been trained to buy everything online. And that's what they do. That's the new normal. So you have to be, and this is where where the game comes in, you have to, to activate your mind and train your mind to be aware of the fact that these amazing changes in our technology, in our science, like buying stuff online and having it delivered to your doorstep, that's a major sociological trend which will filter out and radically transform The nature of our society and the nature of how we do business. But you have to be aware of that development happening right in front of your face because it doesn't do you any good to know this unless you teach yourself how to apply this knowledge and you teach yourself how to analyze this knowledge. Because when you do that, you will have a vastly superior knowledge that will enable you. To be proactive and to anticipate what's going to happen in the future and plan for it and not be victimized by the future did you hear what I said? not be victimized by the future God didn't create you to be victimized by the future so you're you're aware you're paying attention to the changes and then you're analyzing so I do this like subconsciously like I said before it's like a game to me, so I noticed you know the new modality of buying and purchasing is now online. And I notice how it changes human behavior and culture. Many, many stores, clothing stores, grocery stores, all kinds of stores and companies products are now, people don't go to a physical location anymore. They buy it online. They buy it online. And so that changes the sociology, the habits, the social interactions, the social networking It changes a vast spectrum of behavior in our society. Now, what you have to be able to do, let's go back to the game, is given the fact that you are now observing these changes right before your eyes by activating your perception, you now begin to analyze what your perception is noticing. And you ask yourself, Questions by the way, if you want to know a simple formula for setting people free who have been dumbed down, setting people free who have been socially engineered maybe loved ones, maybe a spouse, maybe children, grandchildren I don't know you can actually teach people how to be non victims by teaching them how to use their perception in a different way, and it's not hard, it's simple as a game, okay? So The way you stop being dumbed down, the way that you overcome social engineering and programming is you always ask questions after you observe or after you notice something. Whatever your perception is feeding into your mind, you don't leave it there. You analyze it. You think about it. You ask questions to yourself like, well, what's going to happen next? let, Let me give you another example. Self-driving cars are growing. Uh, the the uh, Tesla car, you may like or dislike, but the point is, uh, it, it can essentially drive itself now. It's just that it's illegal, and I don't recommend, for safety reasons, that you just give your car over to be driven by a computer. But, but, but in terms of possibility, people I know who own the Tesla cars tell me that they can just have the computer drive it, and even though it's illegal. Um, they've admitted to me that they've done this now so you can anticipate what's coming next then you analyze other data that's coming into your life like you you merge the analysis let's say of the self-driving car and future trends you merge that data with the data coming In about the Great Reset and what Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum has said, you'll own nothing, but you'll never be happier in your whole life. And it's their plan, written in their words, spoken on video lectures all over the world, to develop a society where people own nothing, which, by the way, let's remind ourselves that's communism and Marxism, to develop a society where people own nothing and essentially people no longer own cars they simply lease or rent cars so you can see what could happen in the future with self-driving cars eventually ai artificial intelligence will be perfected regarding self-driving cars and it will be the new normal that self-driving cars with artificial intelligence will actually be for the most part superior in terms of of safety driving over human drivers, but we haven't arrived there yet, but it's coming. So you can know the future in the area of transportation. And if you wanted to, for fun, you could play out all kinds of results and possibilities from just accessing that knowledge alone. Okay. So you're aware of the transformations in our society. So we go back to the cell phone for the cell phone, around the same time as the portable phones and cars and stuff, in a similar time period, we had the basic computers starting to come in. And they were not user-friendly to the average person. But people who knew how to program computers and knew how to you know, develop software and stuff, they, and certain businesses could, could utilize the benefits of computers. Now today just about anybody can utilize a computer. And computers can do just about anything. Well, you can project with very little effort that with artificial intelligence, if computers can do all the stuff that they're doing now, you can pretty well figure out what computers will be able to do in 3 to 4 to 5 years. Because their artificial intelligence, you have to understand that computers as other technologies are in our life. For example, nanobots. Nanobots can be found in all kinds of environments. They can be found uh, on the level of DNA codes. Nanobots and nanochips can be found in computers, and in. uh, you can put them anywhere, or you can put them internally anywhere. And nanobots broadcast and receive information to wireless Wi-Fi technology. So with the advent of nanobots and artificial intelligence, the capacity, the abilities, um, the applications of your computer and your cell phone, etc., are going to skyrocket. They're going to completely skyrocket, and you will basically be forced to or be given the option uh, an offer you can't refuse, like mafia style. You will be given an offer you can't refuse regarding nanochip technology, known as, in the Bible, as in the book of Revelation, as the mark of the beast, 666, where you can't buy or sell or participate in the global economic system without receiving a nanochip or a microchip. And eventually, you will make the decision whether or not to worship the Antichrist, the beast. And he will require of you that if you want to buy or sell and take part in the medical system and everything else, you're going to have to promise and pledge to worship the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, 666. And you'll be hooked up into a hive mind and a world brain through wireless technology. and. You know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to read the book of Revelation, see that prophecy and see that that prophecy is coming alive all around us very, very quickly. So what's the next step? So we go back and we had two important developments, uh, let's say four or five years ago. I'm, I'm guessing One was the materialization of, of computers for business, computers for sophisticated people. And eventually there came the birth of the Internet and also the birth of cell phones and wireless technology. That revolutionized our society, our culture, and our world. GPS, the whole thing. And so you could, you could even today, you could figure out where all this was going by simply using your God-given brain. You figure out what is going on. So you're not victimized by it. So let me give you a a learning example, a learning lesson, really easy. Why would you be concerned about having to take a nanochip implant in order to buy or sell and participate in the one world economic system, one world government, one world religion? Why would you be concerned about that? You would be concerned about that if you were a Christian, because the Bible says that the Antichrist and the false prophet pathologically hate Christians because they hate God, and they are going to kill you if you don't take the mark of the beast. In fact, according to the book of Revelation, they intend to behead you. So, God wants you to be proactive. He wants you to be prepared spiritually, and he wants you to be prepared physically. So, you make certain decisions, you make certain changes. And you are not, you're, you don't set yourself up as a target, an easy target or a soft target, because you're thinking ahead. That word, just that, that term, thinking ahead, needs to be reintroduced into the minds of every Christian you meet. They need to regain their capacity, which was stolen from them by social engineering, thinking ahead. They need to recapture how to think ahead. And that's what I'm teaching you right now on the Paul McGuire Report, how to think ahead by utilizing and amplifying the perception that you are directing into your brain by your choice. And that's not New Age. That's using your God-given brain, the mind of Christ. Okay, so let's look at the time frame. So we have a world without these technologies. And the next thing you know, and it goes by really quickly those of you that live through this process of technological growth, it goes by really quickly. All of a sudden, you've got home computers, you've got laptops, you've got cell phones, you've got artificial intelligence, and the capacity and what these things can do is just growing every single day. Now you have enough knowledge by studying the technological growth and scientific growth. If you study it, if you observe it, you can determine with your God-given brain what the world is going to be like in the next couple of years. You just take all this data and knowledge. You know, it's not a full-time job. You can do this like, like minute a day as a hobby, and you can know the future. You don't have to go to some weird prophet who's delusionary and who has no idea what the future brings. You use your God-given brain that God will bless if you use it. You know, God won't bless certain talents and giftings if you're obstinate and refuse to use them. God rewards diligence. He tells you that in his word. Okay, so we see in a very short period of time, all this new technology. And then all of a sudden you're buying and selling everything and it's being delivered to your doorstep. Gee, I wonder why. Is that being done just for your convenience? Is all that technology for you to buy or sell and have it delivered to your doorstep? Is that just about convenience or is there a hidden agenda behind it? Or is somebody thinking and using their brain in a more powerful way than you are? Is somebody thinking and using their brain in a more powerful way than you are? And the answer is yes, they are, because they have a technological sociological plan, which involves using deception of your reality, using deception of your reality to induce you to spend the majority of your time in your home or in your apartment or wherever else you live. You have been monetarily, uh, through law, through, through COVID, through the epidemic, you have been trained and programmed and given incentives, and you have rewards and punishments socially for staying in your home or going out into the society. So you need to be aware of that massive change in your reality. A massive change has occurred in your reality. You're now living in what they call, with their words, the new normal. The great reset is a new normal. So in the new normal, you are being psychologically conditioned, whether you know it or not, you're being psychologically, psychologically conditioned in your new normal to live in your home, to stay in your home or your apartment or whatever and and to to reduce external socialization. You're being programmed. That's your new normal. You don't even know it. It's a form of hypnosis. It's so subtle you don't realize it's happening, but guess what? It is happening. And so that negatively impacts things like physically going to church, worshiping Jesus Christ with other believers, holding hands with other believers in a church or or Bible study, holding hands and worshiping God. All all of this interaction is strongly uh, forbidden, one way or the other. Uh, And the subterfuge is it's to block you or to protect you from getting COVID or the latest and the greatest virus or whatever, or pandemic. You're told a mythology. The purpose of the mythology is to program you to want to subconsciously stay at home, social isolation. Which, by the way, social isolation in and of itself is a massive accelerated technology of reprogramming your mind. Used, That's why they put prisoners in solitary confinement. That's why in concentration camps, they put people in various environments that constitute solitary confinement. Solitary confinement and even uh, sensory deprivation tanks like the ones developed by Dr. John C. Lilly who I write intensively about in my brand new book that you can get at a big discount right now. It's called Power From One High, and you can get it at paulmcguire.us at a discount. So all of these forms of sensory deprivation cause massive interior mental changes in your perception and, and facilitate the reprogramming of your brain. So notice that the next thing that happens in the timeline is, boom, COVID. And now, because of COVID and contagion and all kinds of stuff, and vaccines and, and alternatives and the, the, whole, the whole new normal of COVID, the new normal of COVID is, is ruling, well, COVID is simply the, the sales tool to, to re-engineer your reality. And so you are being programmed to learn to live in social isolation. And now, here's the game. Given that knowledge, you should easily be able to figure out what's going to come next. Now, So we're going to cheat. I'm going to give the answer. Many of you know the answer anyway. You don't need me. But some of you, this will be your first lesson in amplifying the power of your mind. So. Why do you think all these technological and sociological changes like cell phones, the internet, laptops, deliveries to your house or apartment, purchases to your house or apartment, uh, self-driving cars, why do you think that all of these things happened in like, listen to my words carefully, it all happened in like a form of lockstep? Have you seen people march and follow orders in lockstep? Sure you have. You've seen it in military parades where they march and you can hear their feet all hit the pavement at the same time. Because why? Because the militaries are trained in the discipline of marching in lockstep. You're being psychologically trained to march in lockstep. Why? Because the name of the game is there is a globalist elite that most people don't know exists, even though they've openly told everybody. And you're being programmed to live in the new normal. And they even gave the new normal a name. It's called the global reset. So it doesn't take much to figure out with your perception that what's coming in the future is a world where the vast majority of your time will be spent in various social isolation environments like your house, like your apartment, like wherever you're living, more and more of your time percentage-wise will be spent alone, and more and more of your time will be spent in virtual reality, in artificial reality. You've seen those, you know, uh, Google head goggle-type device where you you can look into computer, artificial reality, virtual reality through these eyepiece headphone-type technological devices that you put over your eyes and over your ears. They will miniaturize that. They will very quickly, you can figure this out too, because God's given you a brain powerful enough to figure out what I'm just going to tell you in a minute. You don't need me. Just activate your brain. You can figure out that these big, clumsy, headphone eyepiece virtual wireless virtual reality devices the multiverse is clumsy is awkward because it's uncomfortable to wear so you you put that into your brain you do a little equation and you say well of course the future's obvious they are absolutely obviously going to come out with a brand new technology which will make using virtual reality glasses super lightweight, practically invisible, practically unnoticeable. And so in the very, very near future, they already have designed them. They just haven't sold them yet. In the very, very near future, by using your brain, you can know for sure that people will be going into virtual reality, artificial reality, the matrix, whatever you want to call it, on a regular basis in social isolation. But they won't be wearing some big, clumsy, headphone, eyepiece, virtual reality goggles they'll be wearing what looks like very indiscriminate um, fashion eyeglasses or, uh, you know, regular eyeglasses that people wear during the day or when they go to work that are usually somewhat thin and somewhat uh, lightweight and somewhat unobtrusive. You can know that that's coming probably starting in two years. And by three years, it will materialize. Why? Because the powers that be... It's part of their plan to, to not only change your interior genetic code through transhumanism, because their secret agenda is to be gods. And knowledge is power. And if you don't know that, you're, you're going to be like a, like a slug in, in an artificial environment where they're gods. And they're going to want you, because they want to enslave you, not only do they want to change your DNA, and they're doing that right now and, and, and in a multiplicity of ways, not just a singular way. Your DNA is being modified from the sky. Yeah, I can see people laughing. The ignorant people will laugh. Let them laugh. the The genetic changes are coming from the sky. They're coming from your food supply. They're coming from certain medications. And they're coming from all kinds of areas that most people are unaware of that they're coming from, because most people are uneducated by their own choice and are unaware of the fact that these technologies already exist and have already been activated. It's not new. It's the new normal, but you weren't being aware. It's been the new normal was activated at least 10 to 15 years ago. Full speed ahead. Okay. I mean, we could just tear it up. My point is, God does not want you to be a victim. He wants you to use all the tools and gifts and talents and gifts that he's given you supernaturally before you were born. That's what God wants. God's not here to play games. That's what God wants. Okay, we're going to be back in a moment. Get yourself a copy of Power from On High. It deals with all of this stuff and more in a fast moving, easy to understand. Way. You got to get your copy, multiple copies, give them to your friends of Power from On High. And if you do it now, you get a financial discount. It's now at the printer, thank God. It's at the printer. And by the way, I deliberately do not allow, with the exception of some books, which I do allow to be sold on Amazon and other (coughs) systems, electronic retailers. But the vast majority of my books, such as Power From One Eye and the other books, I do not sell intentionally on uh, online retailers. So you're not going to find it at Amazon and stuff like that. And that's on purpose. You say, why would you do that? I don't want somebody controlling my content. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Because I know what's going to happen in the very near future regarding the content of books and the increased censorship and blacklisting of what you can say or cannot say in books. And how do I know that? Because I'm using my God-given ability, like you are, of amplified perception, commonly known as using your head. And since I already know, found out relatively recently, that all books are now machine-read or computer-read, that means artificially intelligent computers. Read all books from cover to cover. In the very near future, through artificial intelligence, they will censor books or points of view or ideas or whatever that they, they want to control your thoughts. They want to control you. And I don't want uh, to place the gifts that God has given me, the truth that God has given me, <clears throat> under the control of non believers or people who may be hostile. A biblical worldview. So, if you want to get my books, you need to go to PaulMcGuire.us, Paradise Mountain Church International, and order the book today. Order the multiple book discount. Go to PaulMcGuire.us. We'll be back in just a a nanosecond. Once again, you're listening to the Paul McGuire report on Paul McGuire. So, by choosing to use your awareness, it becomes a habit. And when it becomes a habit, you don't even think about it. You just do it automatically. So increasing my perception and other things, I don't even think about it because it's a habit. So it's not work. When something is a habit to you, it's not work. You don't even notice the time going by. So what I'm trying to share with you is something that if you would just begin to apply yourself in this area, because it's biblical, And stay with it until it becomes a habit. And then you'll be like on cruise control, because this whole process will be a habit. Noticing things, analyzing things. And you'll never be caught off guard. You'll always be a step ahead. Step ahead. So you can mentally conceive of what's coming next by watching the pattern of what has been happening for the last 65 years with science and technology. and nothing should be a surprise to you. That's why there's absolutely no excuse for Christian schools, seminaries, colleges, universities, and high schools. They should be offering curriculum that includes, to whatever percentage, the very material that I'm covering with you today. Because what you're being taught today is giving you power. God basically gives us two primary sources of power. And the two primary sources of power that God gives us are, first and foremost, the truth of the Word of God and how to apply the Word of God to every area of life. The Word of God is the most powerful thing that God gives us, number one above everything. The second most powerful thing that God gives us is the power of the Holy Spirit. But Christians have become literally afraid of using the word, the power of the Holy Spirit. Why would you be afraid of calling it a power? You know, they don't understand that we're in a spiritual war. The spiritual war is raging now. We have an enemy, Satan and the demons. They strategize plans to deliberately keep Christians powerless. Their primary uh, battle plan is is to deprive you of the knowledge of God's word, of the teaching of God's word, so you remain and stay in a powerless state so that you can be conquered by the forces of evil. That's their game. But you don't have to fall for that. You you can obey the word of God. God says he'll give you knowledge if you ask him, if you cry out to him. The book of Proverbs teaches you how to get knowledge. God will give you knowledge through the spirit of God, and you should never be afraid. See that's programming. In fact, let me so, be so bold as to suggest to you, when you have little thoughts that pop into your head, like you're embarrassed or afraid of using the term the power of God or the supernatural power of God, and you find yourself embarrassed and you don't want to use the words the power of God together in one sentence, because maybe your Christian friends will think you've gone crazy. You know what that is? That's evidence of the fact that you've been programmed. You've been programmed by demonic doctrines that have infiltrated the church. The whole reason that Satan would set up a stronghold or a mechanism to block Christians from discovering the power of God's Word and the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit is that without those two all important things, it's impossible for God's people to be victorious on the spiritual battlefield. So, the two most important things God has given us. Is the power of his word and the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And we must remember that the power of his word comes first and foremost because you cannot use, you cannot operate effectively and authentically in the power of the Holy Spirit unless you are being guided and directed and instructed by the word of God. So, first, you must have the word of God built into you by renewing your mind with the word of God. After you renew your mind and train yourself to think through the Word of God, then and only then can you activate the supernatural power from on high. Because otherwise, you're like a, like a little kid, like a three-year-old try, trying to drive a car. It won't go very far. So this, these are two among many spiritual weapons, gifts, and talents that God, the creator of the Bible and heaven and earth, has given us. But unless we utilize them, they don't do us any good. So we can take anything, and you can figure out really easily what will happen next. In The Great Reset, Klaus Schwab has openly come out, along with this other professor, and talked about their futuristic world where you and I will be in some kind of electronic padded cell, and we will be plugged in like some kind of half-man, half-beast creature, will be plugged in into some kind of demonic or satanic virtual reality or virtual world in which the transhumanists will set themselves up as God. Now, you and I know from reading the Word of God that this is not the will of God. This is a coup being attempted by Satan and the fallen angels against mankind and the Church of Jesus Christ in the last days. Never before in the history of mankind have we ever needed the supernatural power of God and the power of God's word we have never needed to use it more than we do at this moment and the only way you're going to get that is by listening to people and reading the bible hearing the bible seeking out bible teachers you trust and growing by renewing your mind with the word of God and with that you will find that your thinking power and your intelligence true intelligence will uh Increase. And that means you will be more effective, you will be victorious, and on the spiritual battlefield, which all of us are on, you will be a conqueror, not somebody who's conquered. And I talk all about that in my book, Power from On High. I, I spent three years crying out to God in prayer, uh, forms of fasting, and just crying out to God and asking God over and over again God, please give me your supernatural wisdom and guidance so that I might teach your people, I might impart it unto your people so they can be victorious and and fulfill your will in the last days. And I cried out to God, and I agonized before the throne room of God this entire time, this last three years. And, And finally, after three years of crying out to God, I mean, I cry out to God all the time, but this was an intensified, special time of crying out to God and seeking the face of the Lord. And finally, after three years or more, the Lord spoke to me, not in an audible voice, in a still small voice. The Lord uh, assigned me with the assignment of teaching his people on these two sources of power, the power of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord told me to deliberately use the words that he used in, in the uh, New Testament about the term power from on high, or being clothed with power from on high. And those are chosen methodically and intentionally to break up people's trance state, which is an occultic state of consciousness used by Satan to, to block the power of God from entering your life. See, people become, the word power of God becomes meaningless because you don't see any evidence of it. Or you say it's something that was for 2,000 years ago. The power of God is for today, and it's supposed to be used authentically and biblically. And that's what God has called me to do, to put forth this teaching from God's Word so that God's people might find and discover for themselves these powerful but biblical supernatural resources in the last days. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. I need your help more than ever. The battle is raging. You know it, and I know it. If we don't win victories at this critical juncture in the battle, it will be too late. We still have an opportunity to turn it around if we rely on God and God's supernatural power and supernatural wisdom. That's what this ministry, Paradise Mountain Church Ministries, is all about. That's what I'm all about, Paul McGuire, but I can't do it unless... I'm united with you or one with you, and I need your help with your financial donations and contributions. All I ask is that you go before the Lord humbly and ask him, Lord, what should, what would you have me give uh, with donations or finances to Paul McGuire and Paradise Mountain Church? What would you have me give? And if you would have me give, if you are directing me to give, Lord, then I ask you to tell me how much do you want me to give, and then simply obey him. And be obey him on a regular basis as he guides and directs you. But as you've probably heard, it, it takes money to finance wars, especially spiritual wars. The greatest battle for the hearts and minds uh, in the history of the world. And you can do that at paulmaguire.us. That's paulmaguire.us. And, I, you know, I probably don't say this often enough, but it's something that I must have, as the Apostle Paul said. If the Apostle Paul can say it, well, then this Paul an ordinary Paul can say it. The Apostle Paul said to the church at the time he was alive that he coveted the prayers of God's people. He was basically anguishing and telling God's people that he was completely dependent upon God and their prayers for spiritual victory. And I don't claim to be the Apostle Paul, but I am coming to you humbly and telling you, I must have your intercessory prayers for me, this ministry, people with this ministry my family, I must have your intercessory prayers at the highest level. Because without your prayers and without God, I can't do a thing. Neither can you. So I'm asking you to seek God regarding donations, to seek to obey God, regarding donations, to obey God, regarding uh, intercessory prayer, and to obey God by spreading this word, spreading our links far and wide. You know that every single person who's telling the complete truth or the full story, they're trying to censor them and remove them from the Internet. We only have a limited amount of time. Now, if God will grant us an authentic and biblical revival, if God will grant us an authentic and biblical third great awakening, things can be turned around to the degree that's up to God. But we need to go for it in faith. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us, that's paulmcguire.us.